everyone, this is me, Lita Shun. I'm so happy that you are tuned in to another episode of Human Becomings. Please do subscribe and like this on iTunes. Welcome to another episode of Human Becomings. Today I have a very special guest with me, Stephanie Key. She is the founder of Law of Attraction Tribe and she's the co-host of Conscious Manifesto Podcast. Thank you for coming on board, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. So before we start, Stephanie, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what motivated you to create the Law of Attraction tribe? Yeah, definitely. So my story starts out pretty typical. I followed a very traditional path in terms of what society and my parents uh, wanted for me, which is, you know, go to school and do really well in school, get good grades, get into a good college, and then go and work for a big corporation that has all the benefits and 401k and all of that, and that will be success. And I bought right into it. Um, I'm definitely, I've always been a people pleaser. So I, I did exactly those steps and did exactly what I was supposed to do to find this path to success. And after graduating college, I started out my corporate career working for uh, the number one global brand, which was Coca-Cola at the time. I'm not sure if it's still the number one brand, but um, it started out great. And I thought, okay, I'm on this good path. And I did exactly what I was supposed to do, which is work my way up the corporate ladder. And what started happening, what I realized pretty early on in my career was that the more I worked my way up, the more stress came with it, the more responsibility, and the less time I had to spend with my family. And um, when I had my daughter, this became a huge obstacle for me because I realized that this whole life career balance didn't really exist. And I know in every company I've worked for, that's one of the things they talk about is how they strive for a work-life balance. But I feel like this is something that is, is kind of arbitrary and you can't really um, put your finger on it, but it doesn't happen in most corporate jobs. And what ended up happening, especially as I was working my way up, is my identity started becoming this job. They, they expect that to be your whole life and you give everything to it. And so being the people pleaser that I am, I did. I, I really overextended myself trying to do it all and make everyone happy. And um, I ended up going back into a sales role, getting out of management because it got to the point where I was getting phone calls and emails at 11, 11.30 at night for things that were due for our 7 a.m. call the next day. Um, I was getting home and having time to pretty much feed my daughter dinner, I'd give her a bath and put her to bed. And then I would leave before she even woke up in the morning. And I just realized that that couldn't continue. But at the time, I still had so many limiting beliefs on what was possible. I still had that belief that the only path to success and the only way to to do things the right way is to work for these big corporations and have these so-called secure jobs. And so I ended up 
going into another company and going back into just a sales role, not a management role. Um, and it was great. The money, I was making great money. And that is when I learned about the golden handcuffs where you have so much in terms of your income and your benefits that it's really hard to let go of that. And what ended up happening is I had a manager who was really difficult to work with. And it just got to the point where you couldn't do anything right. And there was sort of this power play where um, she would use her power to assert it on other people. And it got to the point where I was literally having heart palpitations. And I will never forget, at one point, she set up a meeting, a one-on-one -on -one meeting with me. And this meeting, the best way that I could describe it is that it was like an interrogation. If you've ever seen like the FBI shows where, you know, there's the criminal and the cop and, and this person's just getting interrogated for hours and hours on end, that is literally what my breaking point was. She sat me down and was just asking me question after question and trying to trip me up and find something to call me out on. And every time I had answers and had, you know, an excuse or whatever it was, it wasn't good enough and she would go on to the next thing. And I remember her telling me at the end that um, she does not want anyone to know about this and she does not want HR to get involved. And that was sort of my cue that this is not okay. Like she knows this is unacceptable behavior and I need to do something about this. And I remember driving home and literally pulling over on the side of the road because I was halfway between the hospital and halfway between home. And I called my husband and I was like, I think I'm having a heart attack. Like I have chest pains, I can't breathe. And I, I think I'm in like serious trouble and I don't know what to do. Should I go to the hospital? Should I come home and maybe you take me? And he works in the medical field and I was describing everything to him. And he said, Stephanie, you're having a panic attack. And, you know, it seems very real, like it's a heart attack, but you're panicking right now. And he said, come home, you know, let's calm down and, and talk about it. And so I did that. And I ended up going to my doctor who ran a complete cardiac workup and um, because I was having heart palpitations and everything else. And everything came back completely fine. She said, you're absolutely fine. This is caused by stress and it's physically manifesting in your body. And she said, what's going on? And I explained everything that was happening in my job and just how um, I every day was, was a battle. And here I had this manager that didn't like me for whatever reason. I couldn't figure it out. And I was constantly living in fear that I was going to get fired or um, she would threaten all the time with how many people she's gotten rid of over the years that she didn't like. And so my doctor, you know, went over a lot of different things with me, breathing techniques, things like that. Of course, the, you know, the first thing that they want to do is give you um, medication to help. And I really didn't want to go that route, but I was so desperate. And she said, look, from everything you're telling me, I feel like you have two options. You can either take the medication and try to deal with it, or you can get out and maybe start looking for another job or take another career path. 
And I really took that to heart because I knew she was right. And I knew that if I stayed in this path that I was in, it wasn't going to get any better. And I could end up getting another manager. But in my experience in these corporate cultures, not every company, but the ones that I've worked for, it's this top down level of leadership. And you end up getting these managers and people that um, get in these positions and that power does go to their head and they, they a lot of times abuse it. And on top of that, this so-called secure corporate job that I had really at the end of the day wasn't secure. Every year around Christmas time, I found myself waiting by the phone to see if I still had a job because every year there were layoffs to meet the bottom line. And so I knew I needed to get out at that point. And <laughs> that kind of led to a whole other, I call it a breakdown slash like awakening because it made me realize that I had spent all of my 20s, a whole decade of my life, um, completely absorbed in this career. And without it, what was I? What did I have left? And outside of this career and outside of being a mom, and I'm sure a lot of um, women and mothers out there can um, relate to this, but outside of that, I had nothing else. I had no time for anything else. I had no friends. I had no hobbies, no talents or anything special about me. And it caused a lot of anxiety and depression because I thought, well, who am I? What is my identity? And Everyone I knew seemed to have something. They seemed to have some sort of hobby or passion or talent or knowledge. And all I had was that corporate job and, of course, being a mother. And so this really caused me to stop dead in my tracks and reevaluate everything and do a lot of soul searching to figure out what exactly I was passionate about. And I, I completely had self-pity. I, I remember locking myself in the bathroom and just crying my eyes out for like hours and just feeling so sorry for myself and thinking about how I wasted a whole decade of my life doing something that really ended up um, leading me nowhere. And then I pulled myself together and I thought, forget this. Like I, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to come out ahead. And I got out a sheet of paper. I'm such a big believer in putting pen to paper. And I thought, I'm going to write down everything I'm good at, everything that I love doing, that I'm passionate about, and I'm going to figure something out. And so I sat down for a long time, and I ended up later on looking at that list, and I had two things written down, which was really sad. I had Instagram, which Instagram, that may sound kind of funny, seeing that as one of the things on the list. But while I was in that corporate career and I was so stressed out, Instagram was kind of my escape. Like I would go on there and follow all of these motivational accounts that had positive quotes. And that really helped like keep it together when I was going through that stress. And it really made a difference in my life. And um, so I had that down and then I had the law of attraction down, which is something I've been absolutely passionate about since I first read The Secret back in 2009. I absorbed every bit of information I could find on the topic. I've read all the books and all the talks and everything on that topic I was absolutely obsessed over. 
And so I stared at this list for a few days and just kept telling myself how pathetic it was that these are the only two things I could come up with. And then one night I was putting my daughter to bed and I just thought, you know what? I need to start a law of attraction Instagram page. And this has helped me so much looking at these motivational quotes. Maybe I can do the same for other people and maybe I can help people understand more about the law of attraction. And so at nine o'clock at night, like on my iPhone sitting in her bed, I started this page. And that one action step ended up leading to a whole new path that I never ever thought existed. It led me to find this whole community of people like Mila that are very similar to me, that have the same interests as me. And for the first time in my life, I really understood what that term tribe meant. I felt like I had found people that I really connected with and found a whole other way of being that is outside of this very traditional path that society teaches us. And so here I am. I started the page. It turned into a podcast and a workbook and courses and all of these other things. And here I am today. That's such a beautiful journey and story, Stephanie. And it's amazing that you have had the strength and courage to overcome all of these faces. I, I say faces because it has been a phase <clears throat> and to be here showing your strength that's just amazing you mentioned you mentioned a few things as i was taking notes it's you mentioned that you lost your identity your or your identity was tied with your job and i think a lot of people especially women do that right when when women go out to to the workforce their identity is often tied to their jobs because they pour their heart into their jobs and you also mentioned that you didn't have any hobby you could not you didn't have any friends but and and yet you didn't know whom you were what was not what was how did you find the courage to build your identity back up again after having that epiphany moment to realizing this is your identity is only tied to your job. That's a great question because when I got to that breaking point, when I realized I can't go back to living this life that I was living. I mean, it was more painful to stay in this corporate life than to take the risk and try something new. And it was scary. I mean, it's not like I just started this page and then overnight it was a success and um, everything went perfectly. There were a lot of fears that I had. I, I remember talking with my husband about it and just, you know, he brought it up too. He's like, well, you know, you're putting yourself out there and there's so many nasty people on the internet, these internet trolls, like, what are you going to do that's going to kill you if people are, you know, commenting negative things. And it really was something I was terrified of. I was terrified of putting myself out there. And especially with the type of page that I have, I post a lot of things that are like coming from my heart and my soul. And so that takes some getting over these fears to post something like that out there to the world. And 
it was really difficult and it took some time. Like it was a gradual thing. In fact, it isn't until recently that I've put like my own name and my own face to this account because I was so insecure about putting myself out there. I kind of remained anonymous for a while. But over time, what I started seeing and what really surprised me that I never expected was how many other people out there were just like me. How many other people out there wanted more for their life? They wanted freedom from this corporate culture. They wanted to start searching for their passions and doing something meaningful and leaving their mark on the world. And it just opened my eyes to how many people are in need of that. And I think the page originally when I started it, my goal was to get a thousand followers in that first year because the only other person I knew that had any like real big success with um, Instagram, she had 3000 followers and she had been doing it for a few years. So I thought, well, maybe I can get like a thousand people that I can connect with from all over the world. That was my goal. And I ended up getting that in one month. And that really surprised me, but it made me realize the need that was out there. So then all of a sudden it shifted from being about me worrying about what everyone else thought to me feeling like I need to do this because there is a need out there and people want to hear this. People need to hear this. And if I could help even just a handful of those people, then it's totally worth putting myself out there and doing all these things that really scare me, like going live on Instagram and doing podcasts and interviewing with all these different people, those things are all scary in, in some sort of way, especially for someone like me that's a little more introverted. But when you start to reframe it and realize that you have something that other people need to hear, you take some of that pressure off of yourself and, and you start telling yourself like, no, that other people need to hear this, so I need to do it for them. And it becomes about them and not about you. And I think it's also important to note that this didn't all happen overnight. Like I didn't sit in that bathroom and cry my eyes out and then quit my job the next day and then immediately have success in my business. It was a very, you know, long period of time. Like this all started a couple of years ago and um, I stayed in my corporate job to pay the bills until my business could take off. And once you do that, like once you know that there's something you're working on and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and a way out, it makes the current circumstances so much more bearable. Like going and doing this corporate job and dealing with managers like that all of a sudden becomes easier because I know that there is a way out and I know there's something so much more meaningful that I was put on this earth to do. That is beautiful, Stephanie. And you mentioned a few things. What really stuck out to me was success is not an overnight thing. And you worked whilst being in your corporate job. And, and, and the main point that it had was to have your mind on the price. And the price was serving other people. And that's what you did, serving other people. And that's just beautifully put. Because once you start serving other people, you are giving yourself selflessly. You become selfless. And that is the start to being limitless, right? To, to achieve our limitless potential. 
And you mentioned something about putting yourself out there. And I agree, a lot of people feel so afraid of putting themselves out there because especially nowadays, right? The world is just such, I will not say evil, but cruel place because social media has liberated us and at the same time shackled us because you can connect with thousands and millions of people to get your message across. And at the same time, thousands and millions of people can tear you down at the convenience of a keyboard and at the safety of their screens. It's, it's a harsh world, but, but you did. That's the main thing. You overcame all of your fears. Now, you mentioned fears appearing at different stages in your story. I noticed that you mentioned fear a few times. Do you feel that this kind of fear debilitated you in many ways? And how did you overcome these fears? Like you mentioned, it's not an overnight thing. And fear isn't an overnight process to overcome. But from your experience, how did you find those steps? Because it's just not jumping off uh, the, the plane to do parachuting, but to take that leap from leaving your corporate job or, you know, not wanting to be in that situation to actually embarking on your focused goal. How did you overcome? What were the steps that you take? Yeah. So I don't know what speaker has said this. I don't want to quote someone um, and not leave their name, but I, I'm sure you've heard before that fear is, or I'm sorry, taking action is the antidote to fear. And I wholeheartedly believe this. Fear has debilitated me my whole entire life. It's really held me back from doing so many things throughout my life. And then I learned that most of the time in our head, we make fear so much bigger than it really is. And I started to realize that as I would take these little tiny action steps, I realized all these fears that I had in my head 99% of the time never manifested. They never actually happened. All of these things I was worried about, for example, with Instagram, with putting myself out there, with dealing with internet trolls and nasty people just never happened. And then the other step that I found is when things like that do happen, I learned that the reason is because hurt people hurt people. So this is something that was really empowering for me because as I mentioned, one of my biggest fears was putting myself out there and no one is immune to having someone leave a nasty comment. I mean, it, it always stings. And although it doesn't happen that often, I have learned that it's never about me and it's always about that person. And think about it. When you're in a really good mood and you're so happy and joyful and grateful and things are going great in your life, how do you act? Like you go out in, into the world and you're smiling and you're saying hello to people and you want to help other people and everything's great. But likewise, when you're in a bad mood, when you're stressed, when you have anxiety, when things are not going well for you, you tend to be more irritable. You might snap at people. You might be a little more cynical. And so I always keep that in the back of my mind. And I know that if somebody comes after me with a, any type of negative opinion or comment, I immediately look at it as this is a projection of them onto me. 
And what this is showing me is their own fears, their own secure insecurities, and something that they're going through in their own life. And when you can look at it with that frame of mind, instead of getting defensive, I go about it with compassion. And I realize, wow, this person must be going through something really terrible in their life for them to you know, come, attack me or make a negative comment like that. They must really have it bad and they must be going through something. And so typically what I try to do is not you know, go at it with a defensive comment, but instead just think, is there anything that I can do to shift this energy? And sometimes it's simply just wishing them the best and thanking them for their opinion. And sometimes it's like, hey, you know, you must be going through something right now. I'm really sorry that you feel that way. Is there anything I can do to help? Um, or if I'm out and seeing people in person, do you ever notice if you smile at someone, like even the grumpiest person, if you like give them this big grin, they will smile back. It is contagious. It's part of our human behavior to mirror what is around us. So you can give in to that negative energy and you can let it bring you down or you can choose to become aware of it and shift the energy into something positive, like smiling at that person. And then they're going to smile back and maybe you've just lightened their mood for the day. And so I just remind myself that, that it's not about me, it's about them. And then the other aspect of that, about putting yourself out there, because I think everybody, even the most extroverted person has this fear, like deep down inside of them of like truly putting that themselves out there. And something that's been so freeing for me is realizing that no one is really paying attention anyways. And I think one of the things that I've heard when I first started my page that really helped me is they said, when you're in your twenties and thirties, you tend to worry about what everybody else thinks. But then when you're getting into like your thirties and forties, you, you don't really care anymore. You start becoming more comfortable in your own skin and you can put yourself out there. And then once you get into like your fifties and sixties, you realize that nobody was watching anyways. Like everyone's so caught up in themselves and in their own world, they're really not paying attention anyways. And if they are, and they do make a comment that's negative, for example, five minutes later, they're going to forget about it and they're going to move on to something else. So you can't let those little moments bring you down because at the end of the day, that person really isn't, it's not about you and they're moving on to something else within minutes anyways. So those are just a couple of things that really help to empower me and to overcome those fears. And a little exercise that I do, I'm, I'm very, very big on morning routines. This is something that I implemented in my life around that time. Because if you talk to anyone who's had a lot of success and is doing really great things in the world, you will find they get up early and they have a very set morning routine. And part of my morning routine has to do with journaling. Like I said earlier, I'm very big on putting pen to paper. And what I do every morning is I have my overarching goals, like my big goal in life that I want to get to. And I write it down at the top of the paper. And then right below that, I will write down one action step that I'm going to do today that's going to help bring me closer to that goal. And usually that action step is small. It's, it's not something big or phenomenal. It's getting on a podcast or emailing somebody or posting about this particular topic, 
But those little action steps, they propel you in the right direction. And over time, that momentum builds and you get closer to your goals. And every time you take that action step, you're banishing that fear. So when you find yourself in that situation where fear is debilitating you or paralyzing you, oftentimes it's not as bad as you might think. And another exercise I do if I'm like really worried about something is I'll write down like what's the worst case scenario and what's the best case scenario. And usually if you actually like write it down, the worst case scenario, it, it may suck and like not be pleasant, but it's not going to like ruin your life. You know, it's not as bad as what your mind starts making you believe. And what's even more empowering is the best case scenario usually far, far, far outweighs the worst case scenario. So instead of going about things as what do I, you know, what am I going to lose by doing this or what is going to happen to me by doing this, start thinking about what am I going to lose if I don't do this? Like, what am I leaving on the table and what incredible opportunities am I missing out on because I'm afraid to take this action step? And those are just some of the different exercises I've learned over the, the past couple of years that have really helped propel me in the right direction. And I still get deal with fear every day, but taking those action steps helps me to just overcome it. And I'm happy every time for doing it. That is empowering, Stephanie. And I love your actions tab. And I love that, again, you are so focused. And, and I love that you journal and that how you start your morning. And, and I agree with you sometimes, not sometimes, all of the time, when you actually put your thoughts into paper. The, I believe in this. The universe starts taking whatever that you're writing. Even when you're thinking, I feel like thinking is just a trigger and about writing it down, the energy flows and the universe starts manifesting it. So I believe in all of that. And that's such a powerful exercise to do. I want to touch on something that you said, and I find this really empowering. No one is paying attention to you. That is so true. And I think it has become such an epidemic, especially right now, of the thought that everyone is looking, everyone is, is paying attention to us. I do not think this was inherently present years ago. I when I was growing up, I, it was not present. But when technology started innovating and with all the social media, I feel that it has become such an epidemic that we are paralyzed by the thoughts of, or opinions, I should say, of others. And you hit it right on the nail, Stephanie, saying no one is paying attention because it, it's, it shows because when you start something on Instagram, it takes weeks or months to gain followers until someone finds you and, and says, oh, I resonate with this. This is helping me. And then, you know, somehow it goes viral. They, they share the post and then people start paying attention to you. But even when they start paying attention to you, it's because of the goodness that you're doing, not because of whether they want to tear you down or whether they want to pick on you. Yes, there are trolls existing out there, but trolls will only come when you gain much popularity because there's always good and bad and people are going to exist wherever their goodness is. 
and people it's it's inevitable we can't we can't dodge them it, it, they are everywhere it's, but what you said no one is paying attention that is so true when you actually focus on your goal and something else that's kind of funny when you think about like internet trolls for example I mean, really, when you think about it, they're like your biggest fans because even though they're saying negative comments, like they're there for everything. Like they're watching you, they're on your Instagram lives, they're engaging, they're like helping your engagement scores on your account. And it's like, you know, if you don't like me, then you can unfollow me, but they don't, they keep following. And so something about them or about you, you're drawing them to you, but at the end of the day, like it's their own insecurity that they're talking about and it really has nothing to do with you. But if they didn't, if they truly didn't like you and they didn't want to see your content, they'd unfollow you. Like they wouldn't be commenting on all your posts and things like that. So that's just something that is kind of funny too, that I'll keep in the back of my mind. If there's like someone who's consistently commenting on my posts. True. Uh, it's like, it's like the vice when someone has got vice it's let's say if you if you're so addicted to sugar <laughs> you're gonna go keep on going back to sugar um and that's how i look at bullies or internet trolls i should call them it, it, it's it's just they like what you do like you said stephanie it's if they didn't like you they would unfollow you now i want to touch on something that you said earlier in this conversation you mentioned the part to success when you were when you were growing up you were introduced to this concept of you know go to school get a job climb up the, the corporate ladder and you you mentioned that that was the only concept that you were introduced into and i feel that a lot of people are conditioned in such a way in our society not just in the us but in europe or in asia everyone is conditioned in such a manner and if you lean out of that traditional concept People instill fear as to, oh, it's not stable. You're going to lose a job, like you mentioned. The golden handcuffs, right? Because you're given a pay, a large hefty pay with all those benefits. And then it's like a carrot on the stick. You're on a treadmill. It's the carrot. Let me put the treadmill on 7.0 and then increase it to 12.0. You just run, but not being able to reach the carrot. And I look at the carrot as our passions, our goals. And our true success, what we want to be, our limitless potential. And you said that the part to success, you went in that way. How can people, from, from your experience, and I was introduced to that concept too, you know, get a job, go to school, get a job. Um, I graduated from engineering, so it was just a cookie cutter, cutter thing, you know, go to school. It took me years to overcome that fear because it was insecurities and you mentioned about insecurities as well because it's all in our head those insecurities what would you say to people listening in here if they had that same concept of part to success as to go to school get a job pay your bills there's nothing else but that is something else right out of that corporate out of that traditional concept absolutely how how can people get out of that cookie cutter to try a brownie or a cake. Sure. sure. So I think it all starts with our awareness. And 
when we look at the way that our school systems are set up, and I'm here in the United States, I don't know if this is for every country, but I know that here in the US, our school systems produce employees. They do not produce entrepreneurs. And there's a reason for that. Our schools are actually set up on what's called the factory method. And this goes all the way back to the industrial revolution where you had a few people in charge. You had the titans of industry, and then you had all of the factory workers. And they needed that. At that point in time, they needed a lot of factory workers. And so they conditioned people through schooling. And if you've ever noticed, the bell rings when it's time to go to lunch. The bell rings when it's time to come in from recess. The bell rings when the day is over. This is modeled after factories. At factories, there was a bell or a signal when it was break time. There was a bell or signal when you come back. There was a bell or signal at the end of the day. So they started this whole method and the way schools set up to produce factory workers. And unfortunately, in all of these decades, it's never been updated. And this is one of the reasons why I got so involved in this nonprofit that I, I work with that is trying to change this and bring in new concepts like mindfulness and meditation into schools. But I think just having that awareness of the way we were conditioned is so freeing and realizing that we can change that. We have the ability to change that. And like I said earlier, that there is this belief that there is such a thing as a secure job. And at one point in time, that was absolutely true. And maybe our grandparents' generation, if you worked for a company and you were loyal to that company, they were going to be loyal back and you had a job for life and you had a pension and all of these things. That's not the case anymore. Now we live in a culture where a lot of things come down to the bottom line. And these big companies aren't secure. Like I said, there, there's layoffs all the time and it's not just my industry. And so you never really know. It's not like you go to work for a company and you're there the rest of your life just because you're loyal. They can leave, drop you at you know, any point in time for any reason. And if you die, they will replace you the next day without giving it much thought, which is really morbid to think about, but it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. And so once you start having these realizations and awareness it opens your mind to other opportunities. And like I said, I, I, am a, I am one of these believers that we all have a gift. And I think it was Brene Brown in, in her book, or maybe it, maybe it was another, oh, um, the book Magic talks about how we all have these hidden gems inside of us. And one of the great things about life is finding those gems and sharing them with the world. And I am such a believer in that. And as I mentioned earlier, I didn't think I had a gem. I didn't think I had a talent or a passion or anything special that I could offer the world, but I did. Like I, it took a lot of soul searching to find it, but there was something there and everybody has something inside of them that needs to be shared with the world. And I, I do believe that that's one of the reasons we're put here is to leave our mark on the world and make a positive impact with whatever that uniqueness is about us. And unfortunately in our society, another thing that happens in the traditional school system is we learn to hide the things that make us different and the things that make us unique. Because when you're a kid, 
you want to fit in with everybody else. Those things that make you different are considered weird or, you know, not normal. And we learn to hide those things. And so I think part of the path that I was on is finding those quirky things about me that maybe not everybody gets and really embracing that because that's what makes me different. That's what makes me stand apart from everybody else. And so I think finding those things is the first step in the right direction. And like I said, putting pen to paper, if you make journaling part of your everyday routine, you will be amazed at the things that come out that you didn't know were there because you're kind of tapping into your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is in control 90% of the time and you have no idea. And so if you start journaling, a lot of these discoveries will come out naturally over time. And I'm a big believer in following your intuition. I call it our inner GPS because I feel like it guides us in the right direction. And at the end of the day, there are two feelings, good and bad. And these feelings are masked by a million different things, whether it's fear, stress, anger, anxiety, or happiness, joy, excitement. Like at the end of the day, it's either good or it's bad. And if you follow the things that make you feel good, that is an indication that you're on the right path. And if you're feeling things like those, the stress and the anxiety, then you might want to reevaluate and change course a little bit. And I think when you're doing something that you love, you don't have as much of that. You, d- you don't feel like it's work. Like I could sit down all day long and work on my website, work on the podcast, work on writing another workbook. And I could spend hours and hours without taking a break and it will feel like minutes have gone by. And I think that's another indication that you're doing something you love because it doesn't feel like work. And in my traditional job and my traditional path, you have to think about it. You are dedicating a minimum of eight hours a day to making a corporation rich or a CEO rich. You're trading your time for money. And what's the one resource in this world that we will never, ever get more of? It's time. Once it's spent, it's gone. You can always make more money. You can always have more achievements, but you will never get more time. And that was one of the biggest and still is the biggest motivating factor for me is I believe that time equals freedom. And so at the end of the day, I strive for having that freedom, that time, because I want to be able to spend my time doing the things that I love with the people I love. And I keep that in mind every single day. Whenever that fear comes up, whenever I don't feel like doing something, I just keep that picture in my mind that I want to spend my my days and my time doing the things I love with the people I love. So finding your passion and working towards doing that and freeing your time, I think is the very first step in shifting. Stephanie, I have to say you're such an epic human. It it is just, no, I I sincerely mean it. It, It's you have such great power. When I say great power, mentally, 
you know, physically, emotionally, uh, verbally as well. Everything that you speak has got power. Everything that you think has got power. Everything that you execute and have executed, it has got such power. I follow your Instagram too, and I discovered you via Sepia, who's your co-host of A Conscious Manifesto. And what you're doing is an absolute meat in this world for people who are looking to achieve limitless potential, who are looking to overcome that hurdle that you have undergone, that I have undergone. So thank you again for doing what, everything that you're doing, you know, giving all those solutions and those tips. Before we part, what three advice would you give to listeners out there where they are in a paralyzed state just to get them going. So I I mentioned this briefly, but I'll just give a little more context around it. I am such a firm believer of a morning routine. I, I, this has changed my life in so many different ways. And so I like to tell everybody that I meet about it because it's just, it's life changing. Have a morning routine. Get up early. And and to start out with, it might just be getting up 15 minutes early. But start getting up earlier. And here's what I here's what I do that's completely like changed every aspect of my day. Um, so I wake up, the very first thing I do is I I start stretching. I do a little bit of light yoga or stretching just for a couple of minutes to get the blood flowing. And that's really gonna wake you up. And as I'm stretching, I will say positive affirmations and set my intention for the day. And this is really powerful, especially while you're still stuck in a situation where you're not happy. Start the day by intending what you want to happen and intending that you want it to be a positive day and intending the outcome. And this is key. This, if you set that goal and that intention, you'll be amazed at how quickly it'll start happening for you. So I would do that the moment that you wake up And then spend a few minutes, get out a piece of paper, a journal, whatever you have and put pen to paper, just start writing for a few minutes and think of, I I think of 10 things every day. You could think of three things every day that you're grateful for. This is something I started doing with my daughter on the way to school. We'll, we'll go over three things that we're grateful for. And it immediately like shifts your energy. It puts you in this feeling of joy and gratitude, and that's going to set the tone for the whole day. So journaling, gratitude, and then the other thing that I had mentioned is get clear on your goal. I mean, this is going to take some time, but figure out what it is you want. Get very clear on your goal, write it down every day, and then think, what is one thing that I'm going to do today that's going to bring me closer to that goal? And just those few things, which literally could take 15 minutes in the morning, will change your whole day. And then that's going to change your whole week and your whole month. And eventually your whole life is going to be on a different trajectory because you're taking a few minutes of, of your time in the morning to set yourself up for success and, full, and to take that time for yourself. So that's the biggest piece of advice I'd have to get started and everything else will, will start to fall into place and lead you down the right path if you can start out with a successful morning. Brilliant, Stephanie. Where can listeners find you on social? Yeah, so on um, Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Law of Attraction Tribe. 
And my website is thelawofattractiontribe.com. And as Mila mentioned earlier, we have a podcast, myself and my co-host, Sibia Debra. It's called Conscious Manifesto, um, and it's on all the different channels, iTunes, Spotify, all of those. Brilliant. Thank you again, Stephanie, for coming on to Human Becomings and sharing your wisdom and tips for us to become and achieve our limitless potential. Thank you so much, Mila. I enjoyed being on here.